Hey everybody and welcome to the American Seasons podcast. I am my name is Gray. Josh is with me. Hello, Josh. No, no, your name is Papke. My name is Papke. Um <laughs> we are I just I'm just gonna get this out of the way. I have some go feelings, for it. I have some feelings to work out with regards to the Everton game, so we will be doing that first. I'm gonna pull. Up, let me pull up this couch for you, Gray. Okay, I'm, I'm pulling up the I'm pulling up the the metaphorical couch. Go ahead, have a seat, get comfortable, and tell me what ails you, sir. Before tell before, me what ails. Before everyone turns this off when I offend them. I I mean not I'm not going to get like I'm not gonna sw- I'm not gonna swear I'm not going to. You know, make offensive remarks about the team, but I'm going to be mad, and okay. you're going to hear about it. So just just as a warning, if you're here for like a positive view, maybe that will come once I get this out of me. But I have to get this out of me. And also, before I start doing that, before you turn me turn us off, we appeared on the Blue Moon podcast this week, um, as well this as this morning, in fact, yeah, like, right, right before much, this. right before we recorded this, so. You should. It will probably be up by the time you hear this. Um, so you should check that out. We were also on the exclusive Patreon episode. So if you are not a patron of the Blue Moon Podcast, first of all, you should be because it's quality content. Second mm-hmm. of all, you can hear a bonus us. For, yeah, for and that. I've never been a bonus before. Yeah. I enjoy being a bonus. Yeah, it's it's different. It's unique. Or it's very exciting. So... And I want to say just just real quickly on that note, just a huge shout out to David Mooney and Sam Roscoe for not only inviting us, but working with us several times to make sure that this could take place. Because uh, because the way we record and the way they record do not normally align. No. They are it, in an actual it, studio and we are sitting in our bedrooms on Skype and doing mic with microphones. <laughs> so it exactly. does not normally lead to those things. professionalism oh, as oh, as oh, yeah. uh as our good buddy uh don pointed out uh but no don we're not picking on you at all so please don't get upset like but that's that's the difference between the editing and sharpening that they get versus you know the sort of rudimentary product Although that we, we have. try we have we improved have greatly yeah <laughs> But but we know that we are not ever going to be, say, a studio podcast, but that doesn't mean we won't stop trying to give you the, the best version we of us. We are constantly that we... trying to get better, is basically what we're And doing. buying new equipment, too. We are. We so. both have our own super microphones that are no longer bad, especially on my end. So... All that Use said, your new microphone to rank, Gray. Are, I need to hear what else. I've been waiting. We are on the Blue Moon podcast this week. You should check that out. You should check them out in general. They're good people. They do good stuff. So you should listen, even when we're not on. But if you haven't listened before, use the fact that we were on as a gateway drug. That's all. All right. So, this is... I feel like this has been building for a long time. Like, we've been getting to this point. After the Leicester game, I was like, well, that was terrible, but, you know... Onwards and upwards. I'm not. I can't do that anymore because this performance offended me, and I'm just going to outright say it right now. Get it right out in the open. This team is gutless, completely gutless. 
they ha- they capitulate when someone scores the first goal against them every single time. And even this this game, they played or they played decently in the first half. They were making chances if they converted one of them, who knows how it goes. But they give up that first goal to Romelu Lukaku and it's oh, they just capitulate. And then you go in at halftime. You have the opportunity and I'm sure that Guardiola tried to pick them up, get them right. They come out and they do the same thing again. Because they're gutless. And the, every time they fall behind in a game, it just feels like it's over. Because they don't come from behind anymore. We've, we'll fight till the end is something they put on Twitter to make us feel better. To, to, as, as their little slogan thing. But they don't actually do it. They just they, they gave up the second goal and they checked out. Because they knew they weren't going to win. And that's not good enough. That second half performance was not acceptable. And not only that. But but you look at the, at the way they give up these goals. It's the same mistakes over and over again. Nicholas Otamendi on the first goal. You, you know how? Do you know how when you're playing FIFA, you know how the X button is like the the, the button that 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 um that allows you to like auto go to the ball and like auto mm-hmm. auto get out of the player. Nicholas Otamendi has a X button being permanently mashed in his head because he's staring at the ball with Lukaku right behind him doing nothing. And it gets wide open. It's like you have this Pavlovian obsession with like staring at the ball. You don't have to worry about the ball. That's someone else's problem right now. Stop doing that. And it's just like this permanent X button in his head like he's playing FIFA. And he's just mashing it like he needs to be closest to the ball as possible. No, you don't. Stop doing that. You need to stop doing that. You've always been doing it. And you need to stop doing that. As for the rest, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I It's not all Claudio Bravo's fault, but it's like every time he's faced with one of two options, he always picks the wrong one. It, it, and it's remarkable, and he doesn't have the height to make up for the mistakes he makes. So, you know, you, you look at, you know, the one shot on target goal, you know, Two shot, three shot, four shot, goal, 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 goal. Because the defense doesn't cover anybody. And, you know, I like that. I just want to preface this by saying that I feel the same way about John Stones as I always have. He was a worthwhile investment and he is going to be a good player, I think, but he still doesn't know what he's doing sometimes. Uh, fourth goal evidence of that. And it's just killing them sometimes. And it's just, I don't, I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said. And you know what else really drove me nuts? is that they, they put uh, Zabaleta and Tori in the midfield, which is, I, I, I said on the other podcast, I think it can work if you're facing someone who sucks or someone who's not very mobile or someone who is not, um, doesn't really have the strength to like push you around. I think you can get away with that. You can't do it against Everton. You can't do it against good teams. And then, before this Everton game, I see all these stories about, well, yeah, maybe... Yeah, yeah, Tori's playing so well. Maybe we'll renew his contract. No! Why are you... This is exactly what got you into this mess in the first place. Being too loyal to players who, you know, showed you a few good games. If you sign him up, it has to be as a bit part, you know, a cover, not... Don't rely on him. Like a get like a John Terry with Chelsea yes, every this is year the nonsense. The it's the exact same nonsense that has put them in the position that they're in where half of their core is way too old. And now you look and Yaya Tori comes back, plays well for a month, and you're floating a contract extension. That's how we still have Kolarov. That's how we're still stuck with so many of these crappy players who needed to be upgraded years ago but didn't. 
And that is the, you know, I thought we were past that. And I sure hope that we're past that. But it's time to let them things go. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I, I don't understand. And it's like, you, you only have so many. My friend, you have certainly let some things go. Oh, my God. I, I think that's about the brunt of it. But I just, a lot of stupidity happened in that game. And for the first time, I, I was, was like. second wind. I, well, you never know. But it, it just, it had, that was the first time I've, I've really sat down and just looked, watched them play and just been like, I'm ashamed of this, you know? I'm straight out midway through the game, like after the second goal, I was, uh, actually is after the third goal. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Like, I, I just turned it off, went back to bed, woke up. Because it is at, like, 5.30 California. Yeah, you have to clarify how you early have you have to wake up to watch this. I games. have to get up to watch this, you know. So it's, like, 5.30 in the morning. Like, I didn't get up for this. So I just, I watched it out at, you know, because I, I, I have my PlayStation View DVR records all my Manchester City games. So... I watched it out when I woke up, you know, looked at this final score. I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least it wasn't too bad. Only one more goal got scored. But uh, then you go and you see that fourth goal, and you're like, oh, never mind. It can get worse, apparently. So, I, look, this this erratic play from, from, you know what? This team has no identity. None. I, it has no identity. Me, you won't find me disagreeing with that. This team, the the funniest part to me about what, what Pep Guardiola was brought in is to bring you know this identity to a team, and I know I know that it's going to take time. And anyone who thought that he could overall this team in a year is finding out just how wrong they were. But you would like to think by the midway point of his first season that we would begin to see the shell of an identity. The it's only shell we've seen is that this saw... team is going to be four at the back for the foreseeable future. We That's saw, all we know. We saw more of an identity at the beginning of the season when they were just getting used to him than we do now. Sure, sure. When they were when they were being forced to play his little way, just because you know you could tell that it was something they wouldn't normally do. But hey, it's Guardiola. Play it back. Play it forward. Play it back. Play it forward. You know, it. Uh, it's it. This team is sorely lacking an identity. That's correct. Um, it, it's and I think. That's part of the frustration that comes out of it is because that was one of the things that we expected to come. You know, I, 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 I even for those who, 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 who knew that he couldn't overhaul the team in one year, I think we expected to see at least an identity forming, even yes. if it was an imperfect, mm. an imperfect. I'm one of these people. Yeah. And I I can agree with you. Even if, if even if it was an imperfect, you know, a clear work in progress that wasn't always getting results, we expected to see, um, you know, some sort of something coalescing, I guess, is the way I would put it. Um, and it feels like they've only gotten worse since the season started, like I said. It's just like they've gone backwards. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know. 
I don't have a lot else to say about the Everton game. I think that that sums up my feelings on it pretty concisely. Um, but, you know, it's just... Watching them play is just... It's not... I don't think it's what anyone expected because they just look... And you see, you know, I, for the first half I watched them and they weren't scoring. Which, obviously, that's been a huge problem is that they have failed to turn... You know, when they've been on top, they've failed to turn into a goal. Um... And that was happening in the first half. Um, but you see them play like that and you think, well, all right. Um, you know, I think they'll score eventually if they play like that. But again, they give up the first goal and then it's just like, it's like someone beat them with a club. And it's just like, Ugh. you know, it's just their heads drop, the shoulders drop. They're just, they're weak. And they have been weak for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know what else. I don't to do. understand it. I don't understand how a team can become so dejected after scoring, after being scored upon when you consider the firepower they have going the other direction. And several of these players are the exact same players that have beaten Bayern, come from behind to beat Bayern in the Allianz Arena. Who, who several years ago were facing what would have been the most shameful and embarrassing defeat of their professional careers, losing at home to QPR in a game that would give their the arch-rivals the title, in the 90th minute, and they won, and now they give up a goal in the 35th minute at Everton, and their shoulders drop? What is wrong with you people? What happened to you people? Like, I don't understand. It's just, I mean, I know that a good part of that team has been moved on, but not all of them. It's, it's, yeah. It drives me nuts, and I don't know what else to say about it other than they, it just drives me nuts. It's saddening. Know. It's 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 saddening because this is a team that is struggling to find any sort of cohesive identity, any sort of run of form that they can latch onto and build upon. And most importantly, you can see the frustration growing on Pep Guardiola as he realizes there is nothing he can do to stop this. Yeah, and it's it's, it's like, you know, I, I don't want to give Guardiola like an unconditional pass here because that's it's not, you know, that's not right. It's not fair to, to anyone. It's, you know. Um, there have been moments where I don't like his setup, I don't like, you know, I don't like what he's doing. Those moments have come, and, you know, I've mentioned some of them. But you you watch him, and I, I don't think it's for lack of trying on his part at, at all. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's like... I, I, I don't know, it's like... He seems like he has good game plans at time, and then it's like... City will be executing the game plan to perfection until a counter happens. And then once the counter happens, that's when they lose their their minds. They all of a sudden become incapable of 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 uh, uh, functioning. It's it's like it's it's almost like he walked into like I don't know, the upper levels of NASA or something expecting to find a bunch of guys with doctors or science and stuff, and instead none of them have high school degrees. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like, and, and, you know, that's, again, that's not that's not a knock on anyone who doesn't have a high school degree, but you probably shouldn't be working as a scientist at NASA. Um, but it, it, it feels like that. It's like he, he walked into 
uh, he walked into a situation where he expected to find a bunch of guys who either already had the pedigree or could be have the pedigree drilled into them. And, you know, some of them do have it, um, but others don't. Um, and others aren't getting it. Where's David Silva been lately? Oh, I thought you were, you, yeah, I thought that was a rhetorical question. I mean, it yeah, kind of no, is a rhetorical uh, well, question. Well, he's, he's there. He's there, you know, it, it, he'll have those one or two good games where he's like, oh, there's David Silva. And then he'll mm-hmm. have, you know. It's funny, as I'm staring kind of at the Blue Moon podcast page, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at 823's episode and, and, uh, actually, excuse me, 824's episode. And it says, we appreciate David Silva's influence on matches. And it's like, not even, like, not even in the span of a week has he started to wane on, on his influences. And, right and you will have, him. Yeah. yeah, you will have runs and dips in forms, but this is what I'll say. When you are having the erratic season that City is having, City are having, you need your best players to not be as erratic as the rest of the team. You can excuse run at poor form and, and, and you know, minor run-ins here and there, Um Maybe, you know, a suspension here or there, but you expect them more than anyone else to sort of provide some stasis, something that the team can build upon, something that the team can use as a momentum changer, something that the team can use as a foundation for growth. And the veteran leaders of this team are doing no such thing. Um, I, I name check Silva not to be rude or like right. to call him out, but because I think he of more than any other player is a perfect microcosm of what this team is dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Namely, the fact started the season great. Um, you know, obviously a club legend, no question about it. Nothing but a great professional, both on and off the pitch. Servant, fantastically talented player. Um, but this season. You know, he'll have his good games, but then he'll just go missing for periods of time, much like the club's form. Um, and and it's, it's frustrating. It's that inconsistency. And, you know, I'm not sitting here. I don't want it to be taken as just me sitting here bashing David Silva. I think he is still one of the most talented players at the club. And I think he deserves he will, his name will be written large in Manchester City's history, and it well deserves to be. But this season, it's just kind of been on and off and here and there. Um, and, I, and it's hard. to It gets frustrating because of that inconsistency. So that that's why I use David Silva, because I feel like if there's one player that represents the issues that Man City have faced this season, it's him. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's Bravo, but I've listened that's to... That's that's also fair. I'd listen to an argument for for David Silva. Um, the the reason that I'm I would argue Silva over Bravo is because this team did look good for periods of time. Okay, and Bravo's, Bravo has never really never let it look good. But, that's fair. But you bring the you bring this up allows us to to go segue pretty nicely into the next thing you want to talk about, which is Claudio Bravo, and how City are going to proceed at the goalkeeper position. Um, I would argue that he wasn't at fault for everything on Sunday, or uh, whichever day it was. I don't... It was Saturday or Sunday. 
Um, I still think he was at fault for Lukaku's goal. I realize. Well, I, 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 I think I, he had some blame to share in there. And the, 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 the only I reason make, I say the point that ahead. I would make is I don't think it's all his fault. But when you're a goalkeeper who is facing shots and not stopping any of them, it's part. You know, you can't be blameless in this. No, and more what I'm what I am saying is his fault is it, it's it's an uncontrollable aspect. It's sort of an, an ascribed characteristic in that he does not have the height, the requisite height to stop shots. And as I said on the Blue Moon podcast, I think the word is out on how to score on Bravo, and you're starting to see teams put balls to the far left, far right, top corner. You can score on him easily because he can't reach those. <clears throat> those were the saves that Joe Hart was making. Those are the saves that, hell, even Willie Caballero was making. Claudio Bravo may be a fantastic goalie, but right now, I feel like his legacy is being diminished by keeping him in there subjecting him to further and further punishment when it's clearly not working. And I feel like it's detrimental to City's chances of improvement since there's nothing he's going to be able to do about growing the hype to stop some of these shots. I agree completely. And you know what the Bravo situation has been making me think of? You know the old adage of, of um, if you have, like, an icon at a position or something like that, like an iconic manager and an iconic someone, and that person leaves or retires, you don't want to be the person that follows them. You want to be the person that follows the person that follows them. I think that's kind of where City's goalkeeping situation is right now. Because, yeah. Because... The person you never want to be the yeah. guy. You never want to be the guy who follows the guy. You want right. to be the guy who follows the, the guy, guy that follows, follows the, the guy. guy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because then you're being compared to the other guy and not the the iconic guy. Um, and and it's not fair, really, to compare. You know, I mean. It's fair, but it's not fair to compare Bravo to Hart. It's fair on a goalkeeping level, because that obviously matters, and one was moved out for the other. But, you know, it, it's not fair to expect Bravo to ever mean as much to the fans or have the same connection to the fans as Joe Hart did. Um, that said, you know, you can compare them on a goalkeeping level, and as strictly as a shot stopper, Claudio Bravo is not as good as Joe Hart. And that has made itself apparent on too many occasions. Um... But yeah, I think that I agree that keeping him in there is bad for both Bravo and the team. And they should throw Caballero in there for the foreseeable future. Um, much like Pellegrini did with Joe Hart back in the 13-14 uh, season. Um, just give him a little break. Get him out of the firing line. Let him breathe. Um, see how Caballero plays. See see how much of it actually is the goalkeeper's problem and how much of it is the defense's problem. Um, but, you know, I, it's just... I don't really know the way forward here because, you know, he either has to get better or you have to find someone else because this is not a sustainable situation. Um, no. And, and, you know, there, there's always the convoluted option of next year, and we've talked about this, you know, how is Ruley doing? Let's let's do a checkup on Geronimo Ruley. 
Let's do our let's do our what is this bi semi annual checkup on Geronimo Ruli and his stats. I am actually watching Real Sociedad right now. And he is in goal. There was ah. one nil to Barca, but that's it was not a penalty. It was a penalty. Um but I, I know Sociedad are are doing fairly well in La Liga this year. They are in fifth. They have given up 25 goals in 18 games. It's really Geronimo Rulli has only... Alrighty, Sociedad. He has had 76 appearances for them. And uh, he doesn't seem to pick up yellows that often. Only has three yellows and 22 appearances, which means he's not making any rash challenges. I'm struggling to find out how many goals have been scored upon him because soccer sites do not believe in keeping those types of stats uh, in a place where I can find them uh, reasonably. Okay, so in 18 games, he has had 52 saves, 7 clean sheets. Um... He's, he's not He's not doing too bad here. And there has been a litany of keepers that has been linked um, one way or another to City. And I couldn't even start on the list because I can't keep track of them all. But it's clear that they're not happy with Bravo, nor should they be, because they're still getting linked to keeper after keeper. And with Caballero out of contract at the end of the season, they're going to have to find one somewhere. And I expect that instead of searching for an actual, you know, a designated backup, like I think they would have done had Bravo proven himself, you know, had Bravo played well uh, since coming in, I think they will be looking for first-choice competition. Um, who that will be, I don't know. But, you know, I think it's pretty clear that Bravo's going to get pushed going forward. There's going to be an alternative, a clear alternative. Which, you know, I know, if funnily, funnily enough, is what he came to City to get away from because he didn't like having to compete with Marc-Andre Ter Stegen at Barca. But, you know, he can have no complaints given how he's played. So No, he really can. I mean, when when your job is to stop shots and you're letting them in in spades, then you you come to a point where, as a professional, you need to recognize that your position may be... You know, it's funny, because I almost wanted to mention on the other podcast, I, was, I, I didn't want to interrupt because they you know run a different format than we do. We're sort of more free-flowing, interrupt, don't give a crap. But... I was I was talking about some of these youngsters to to, to be brought through and 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 you know you kind of figured that what we would see out of some of these youngsters and some of these players is iron sharpening iron and 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 it's not happening and and it's it's got to be somewhat concerning to fans that in addition to the fact that we are now bringing back even older players and giving them significant minutes, a man who's built his entire career off of promoting and developing youngsters is 
seemingly letting some key city players wander off into the future. You know, if you believe the reports about Tosin Adarabayo, if you look at the fact that Kalechi Iannaccio uh, is not only just not playing, that it, it doesn't seem to be that he even figures into Guardiola's plan. The, the, fact that, the fact that with, like, basically the entire midfield injured, he's been going to Pablo Zabaleta instead of Alex Garcia... Yeah, it it's but but the only the only logical explanation that I can come up with to sort of explain this in a way that may benefit Guardiola or at least would logically maybe explain why this isn't happening is that Guardiola realizes that this season, if he paired some of those youngsters with, with, with their current battery mates, it would go so poorly for them that it could... Like, Guardiola's got to recognize he's, this team. He's protecting like, he, their confidence? Yes, yes. I think that in some cases, that is the truth. And I think if you look at City's midfield, it's so awful that... He's almost look. I I I said from the beginning that Gundogan was a stupid buy, and and I stand behind that. I, I, actually, I didn't. I think I said in the beginning that it was twenty five million dollars. Who cares? But I, I'm I'm going to kind of go waver on that a little and say that it's not so much that he is a bad buy. It's just that I have seen City linked to more off-injured players that they're considering bringing in, and transfer rumors will be what they are, okay? That's fine. You can't believe everyone that you read. But in the event, like, look, City have now a track record of bringing in guys that have a history of injury. Fabian Delph. Now you, you know... Uh, did, did, did Delph have a history of injury when he was at Villa? Yeah. 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 I don't ever remember him being injured this much. I guess. <laughs> no, 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 no. He got he got injured just as soon as he came to City, and now he can't recover at all. But you know, his City now have this this small little track record of signing guys who have injuries, or they're taking a chance on guys who have injuries or have had injuries, and, and it's just like, look, if, if you're going to make this team better, you can't do that with players who aren't on the pitch. I don't think Gundogan was a bad buy. I think the problem with Gundogan is that he was the only buy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can get behind that. I don't think Gundogan was a bad buy either. I agree with you that buying one midfield player who's guaranteed to miss half the season is is a rather interesting tactic. But, you yeah, know. I, I, I guess that's what it comes down to is that they did not improve the depth enough, um, and uh, maybe they hope to skate by on what they had and hope for no injuries. But what do we even have on transfer rumors? Just because uh, I haven't wanted to get myself up there. Well, it's the it's, last I saw was that Pep was going to rip this team up in the summer and make as many as six new signings. It's kind that of was the it's, telegraph. It's, we've gotten to silly season for that for that yeah. for that sort of thing because it's January and not only are teams looking at players now but they're sort of starting to think about summer. Um, uh, Virgil Van Dyke is still a thing, apparently. Um, I'm not sure how serious it is, but the name still keeps happening. Um, 
Yeah, you see the this this stable of, of defenders. Um the Spurs fullbacks, Danny Rose in particular, which would be great. Um uh, there was actually a uh, a Jan Oblak link in in the paper in in gold. I would be so okay with Jan Oblak. I remember you mentioning him as your favorite young goalkeeper in one of our previous podcasts. Because every time I see Jan Oblak, he has this look of Fedor Emelianenko on his face. And when Fedor was in his prime, when he was walking down to the octagon in pride. It didn't matter whether he was going up against, like, you know, uh, uh, Hong Man Choi or, or Stefan, not Stefan Struve, Mirko Krokop or, or I'm forgetting who the six foot eleven version of Stefan Struve is uh, that fought in pride at the time. But he always had the same stoic look on his face. Nothing ever mattered. And uh, he just sort of channeled that stoic nature into the intensity of what he did at his craft, I'd say in the octagon, but that doesn't apply on the pitch, to his craft. Jan Oblak is just this very quiet, unassuming guy who, once once the whistle blows, you know, hell or high water is, you know, hell come hell or high water is going to keep you out of his net. And more than just the saves he makes, he's a fantastic goalkeeper on penalties. And that's just, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. Um, other goalkeepers I've seen, Ederson at Benfica, Jordan Pickford at Sunderland. Um, Aubameyang's still getting linked. I suspect, I suspect that's going to keep happening until he signs somewhere else. No until he signs with Real. Yeah. Um... Alexis Sanchez, we've, a lot of people we've talked about, um, the usual stable of rumors, I guess. But the Spurs fullbacks keep getting linked, Danny Rose in particular, which I would very much welcome. Um, whether they will sell or not is another question, but they keep coming up. So that sort of thing, I guess, is, is, is where we're at with, with that, the uh, rumors. I, I, more than rumors, do you think City are going to do business this this January? I'm this ten to days left. Less than less and less likely. Um, Same. But so be it. Let's talk about some business they have done. Yeah. Gabriel Jesus is finally going to well is uh, is finally cleared to play. I don't know if they'll play him. I expect he'll be end up on the bench. But he is available, ready for Tottenham. You have waited. You have waited long for this day, so I will let. I you have talk. waited. I will let you talk a little bit about your feelings. Well, I, I think the most exciting part was that the word came down uh, in the middle of while we were recording the Blue Moon podcast. So we actually had to stop the podcast as Sam was being handed a document, and that document was. The... I, th- I think it came out this morning. We just sleep late in America. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, Sam was handed the document that said that 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 he had just been cleared by the FA, and and my first thing was you know thank Jesus. Um, I, look, man, I have been waiting for this kid for a while, and like you said on 
actually, you know what? I, I'll be very. You, you you said on the Blue Moon podcast, but I won't go in depth on because I want people to listen to that. You know, I caution against you know looking at him as the 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 guy who's going to fix all of the problems for this team, but. I do think that this team need an injection of something. They need an injection of adrenaline. They need an injection of somebody that is hungry. Because Raheem Sterling seems to be hungry. Um, You know, right now, Yaya Toure is playing like he's hungry for the most part. But... Outside of Raheem Sterling and, and and maybe one or two other guys when they're out there, there is absolutely no hunger, no moxie, no nothing from these guys. There's just such a lack of intensity. And, and I'm just hoping that Jesus can provide – we've been informed that that's how you pronounce his name, by the way – uh, I'm just hoping that Jesus can provide some sort of, I don't know, just a shot in the ass, man, because this team needs it. You know, I was going to bring this up the last time we, we uh, on our, our last topic of, um, the when we were talking about Bravo, um, the, the fact that, you know, you, you, you talked very briefly about... Um, how the the expectation iron sharpening iron were the words you used, and I know I've talked on previous podcasts about the fact that some of these players maybe have gotten a bit too comfortable and have not really been challenged, and the two players you named Raheem Sterling has seen people calling for his place in the team and has seen you know has actually had to play for it. Yaya Torre lost his place in the team and had to get it back. Coincidence? I think not. So I think I, the hope is, I think, that, I mean, you, you it, that a player like Jesus is going to push some of these players to try to hold on to their spots. I think competition, you know, not just the goalkeeper position, not at any position, I think competition is healthy. I think it keeps players sharp. I think it keeps them focused. I think it keeps them playing hard because they want to play. The guys who are not playing want to play, so they will work hard to, to get back in the team if they have the right mentality. If they don't, then, you know, there's not a lot you can do about that, except, you know, that's not the mentality you're looking for. But if they have the right mentality, they're going to work hard to get themselves in the team and earn a spot. If they're still in the team, they're going to work hard to keep that spot and not lose it to the guy who's pushing them. I think that's healthy, and I think that should be encouraged. And I think that when you bring in a guy like Gabriel Jesus, he is going to work hard. He's going to try to earn a place in the team. And hopefully some of the guys who are in the team will take notice of that. Um, you know, Aguero in particular. Not that not I don't want to single him out, but that's the same position. That's, you know, they're they both at their best in the center. You look at guys like that. Are they? I think so. I know you dispute this, but I think they... Uh, I, I just, I, as time passes, I'm becoming less and less convinced on Aguero, and I'm starting well, just let to... Well, let me finish my thought. Okay. It was, is, is that basically, if the, the hope is, you know, here, here's a guy who might actually take your place. 
will that help you? I don't know. But I think the comp- I think the um, the ultimate point that I would make competition is good, competition is healthy, and I encourage it. And I'm glad City haven't had the depth to facilitate that sort of thing in 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 year in the last couple of years. And bringing in players like this, I think, might help do that because make them earn it. Make them earn it is basically the point I would make. That's fair. <clears throat> I just you know it's it it's it's tricky for me because. I like Sergio Aguero. He's one of my favorite players, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what is going on with him right now. He's suffering from a massive case of the yips. Uh, he, I think, even he would admit that things aren't going well for him at the moment. Um. And the problem is, is that right now he's become a flat track bully. And, I, and, 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 and I've compared him a little bit to Kaká in that maybe his, his flame has, has burned as bright as it possibly can. Because I'm, I'm legit starting to wonder if Pep Guardiola doesn't see him as expendable. Rumor has it, and I, you know, this is rumor, and I want to make that clear because yeah, I, I'm not really fond of citing poorly sourced material, but it's, I've, it's, it's, it's been floating around that there is some tension between player and manager, which does not surprise me at all, given how, no. you know, given given the things that have happened this season, um, and and as for why that might be the reason that they that that new contract that he signed all those years all those months ago has never actually been publicly announced um but but you know i suspect we're not going to get any clarity on that until the end of the season um if if we start hearing more rumors about aguero leaving the club then i think that you might have your answer um because you know, I I I I am certain there's a lot going on behind closed doors that we don't know about, and I don't want to know about. Um, but it, it does. It would not surprise me in the slightest to learn those two have not clicked. No, I, it wouldn't surprise me either. In fact, I'm starting to think that that is the case. You can see it with Aguero. Um. I, you could sort of see it on his face. Um, There's a lot of pretty evident frustration in the way. There is. Going. There is. There is. And and if you're a sniper like Sergio Aguero, you don't suddenly start missing shots that you would otherwise make unless there's something going on in the background, unless there's something that's causing a distraction, unless there's something that takes away your focus. And I say that because the only other alternative explanation is that Sergio Aguero is like a caca in that he burned a bright at a young age but is destined to sort of not necessarily be an MLS guy, but he's, you know, he's never going to be the world beater that, that people thought he was. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I've seen way too many things, amazing things out of Sergio Aguero to believe that this kid is, is, you know, he's done. 
I think Sergio Aguero still has it. I just feel that maybe the frustration between he and Pep Guardiola, I can't help but wonder if it's not born out of the fact that Pep doesn't seem to have any trust. Because if you look at Lewandowski, how often was Lewandowski injured? Not a lot. To your memory. I don't remember a lot. Exactly. There's a reliability up front that Pep Guardiola teams depend on because everything runs like a clock, right? So if you have to replace a piece at the top of your clock that keeps breaking every two, three months, your piece is not going to work as well as it should. And eventually you're going to get tired of it and you're just going to replace it. So I, I kind of look at that right now and say that I think that Guardiola's frustration with Aguero is that he can't depend on him to, to, to really lead the line the way that he would like and as consistently as he would like. So Aguero probably feels somewhat slighted by this, given all the energy he's poured into the club. And again, this is me speculating, okay? I am speculating here. I do not have any facts in front of me. I am just playing out the scenario in my head because I'm trying to rationalize and make sense of what's going on. It would feel like that would be enough to cause a distraction for Sergio Aguero and would explain a rift between he and Pep if Pep felt like, okay, I want to trust you, but I can't. And Aguero's sitting here saying, dude, look at everything I've done for the club. What the do you mean you can't trust me? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand that. Um, I forgot to mention that random weird spate of Rakitic rumors that happened for a week. I would love that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Right right now, Julian Weigel and Moise Keane are the top two players, along with Jao Cancelo and possibly Yano Black. But uh, Football Whispers has Moise Keane and Julian Weigel are the two highest-rated rumors out of five at 2.1 and for Weigel and 2.3 for Keane. So neither, neither one, both of them are sitting at about 50%. But the alarming one is that... Think it's, yeah, I don't think it's any secret that Guardiola loves Weigel. He just re-upped, though, is the problem. Yeah, the the alarming one is Tosin Adarabayo leaving to Everton, sitting at about a two. And then Leeds United are, are uh, trying to grab Fabian Delph, which, boy, that would be a fall from grace. Boy, wouldn't it? Um, where, do, where do you see Gabriel Jesus' long-term future on the pitch here at Man City? Um, I think that he's eventually going to take over for Sergio Aguero. Okay, Just I agree. Plain simple. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, um, I don't think he should be relied upon right now as this sort of messianic figure. I think that's unfair to him. Um, but I think he can provide a shot in the arm, and that's desperately what this team needs right now. 
especially some of these players need, like you said, and like like I said on Blue Moon Podcast. So I expect he'll start on the bench, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see him late on. But um, you know, I think it would be too much to ask for him to do anything too ridiculous this early in his city career. Um, but that's that's I'm I'm really really excited about it, and he seems genuinely excited to be here. Yeah, which is that's... always. It's that's it's not to slate other people, but that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah, no, it's usually people are are excited because they're getting a paycheck. In this case, this kid's ex- excited, thrilled to you're play. Excited to play, play, you're excited to play on a good team, or you're excited to play at this level, or anything. He seems genuinely excited about like every aspect of this, and it's great. Yeah, and hopefully that infectious attitude is something that trickles down into the fiber of every other Manchester City player. We can only hope. Can't we? We can. Let's talk briefly about Spurs. Neither of us feel terribly good about this, I know for sure. No, we do not. Um, In short, because first, really really good team, really good form, and the exact sort of team that has given City trouble all season long. Yep. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it. They're going to have to somehow stop the fullbacks and Christian Eriksen from being influential. And cut out the service to Harry Kane, I think. Um, way easier said than done. So, you know, I'm hoping for a spirit-inspired performance, but I'm not really holding my breath. I fear that this will be more Chelsea than it was than it will be Arsenal. To use that comparison. Yeah. I think so too. I think Spurs are on a tremendous run of form right now. I think that they're playing as well as any team in the league. And here's the thing, and this is something that Dan and Sam both mentioned on the Blue Moon podcast. When City are scored upon and teams set up in two blocks of four to defend, City immediately revert to this almost infant level processing ability their their panache their flair their ability to create one twos it, it almost goes out the window they don't they are unable to break down it's like when you were a kid and you were playing a video game and you got to the boss battle, and you could not beat it no matter how many times you tried. And you begrudgingly at one point had to just go and ask an older sibling or a friend to just help you out so that you could move past it. It, it, (laughs) Manchester City right now are stuck in such a rut that... It is hard for me to see how they suddenly figure out a way to break through, you know, two blocks of four against a team that I believe is statistically. No, I actually I think that's Chelsea, but not too far behind Chelsea in terms of one of the best defensive teams in the league. Just to clarify that Tottenham actually are better than Chelsea defense. Okay, I, I thought they were, and that's Four, why I said it. 14 goals against in 21, Chelsea are 15. 
Ah, ha, ha. See, I thought that, that, that Tottenham were better, but I wasn't sure. So I, I, I went against my gut, which was originally Tottenham. So yeah, Chelsea the, the, are actually really similar in terms of profiles. Chelsea have two more goals. Tottenham have conceded one fewer. Um, the, the difference is that Spurs have gotten sucked into more draws, but they actually have one fewer loss than Chelsea does. So you're looking at two really good teams. Yeah, and City tend to get pasted by those really so, good which is, teams. Hence my remark that this is, I fear that this will be more Chelsea than it will be Arsenal. So, I agree, because yes. I don't think Arsenal is as good as Arsenal thinks that they are. Yeah, I, I think that Arsenal have a legitimate chance of missing out on top four. But Yes, for the first time under Wenger's career, I think you're right. Which would make me really happy, if, if we're being honest. But probably make Arsenal fans happy too because yeah, that might maybe be we'll enough. Maybe we'll do something get, now. Yeah, no, it might be enough. Be the last straw. Little the do they man. know that Stan Kroenke is perfectly fine with one or two losing seasons. Stan Kroenke hired Jeff Fisher. I know. They just don't, don't, don't know. Don't they they don't know enough about Stan Kroenke yet. They'll learn. You don't know Stan. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway. so there's our title. You don't know Stan. You don't know Stan. I, w- I was going to make it the Nicholas Otamendi X button, actually. Ah, that's fine. But I, I will, I will, I will, I will marinate on that. Um, anything, anything you'd like to, uh, add on here at the, at the tail end of this? Uh, I, uh, I, I, I would just say I'm really looking forward to, uh, <sighs> You know, the fact that City are rumored to to be, be to trying to bring in a 16-year-old striker. Never mind. <sighs> this team. Um, I, I, I would just say that I'm really looking forward to Crystal Palace and West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to, to put it. Um, yeah. I have nothing else to add to that. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm just looking forward to Crystal Palace and West Ham. And if City happened to beat the Spurs, fantastic, fantastic. I, 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 I sincerely and truthfully hope it happens. I hope it happens in spectacular fashion. I hope that this is a turning point for Manchester City. But I am somewhat like Spock in that I tend to operate off of logic. And removing emotion out of it for sport means that I'm left to look at this logically. And right now, any logical, sane person... And I realize that people will say, hey, Spurs have every reason to be as terrified of City as City do of Spurs. No, I don't think that's the case right now. I think Spurs know that they are leaps and bounds better than City. I think that their results against City in the past couple of years have proven that the Spurs have taken a step up while City have taken a step back. Even if the end of the table results have proven differently. Where you finish at the end of the year is not always indicative of where you're headed as an organization or a team. I think right now the Spurs are in the ascendancy versus Manchester City, who seem to be regressing to the mean. I, 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 (laughs) everything in my body wants to say, 
pound my chest and say, City are going to take this game. They're going to take it and turn it around. Well, I cannot bring myself to do that. So I say I think that City are going to lose by a score of 3-1, to one, maybe even 4-0. Uh, but uh, I, I hope and pray that there are a lot of people telling me how stupid I am uh, after this game's over. 6-1 to City. YOLO. Dude. You can hey. listen to the Blue Moon podcast for my actual pick, but... 6-1 to City. 6-1 to City. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, so. Two for De Bruyne, four for Aguero. Oh, um, I do believe we the, did the, have... The one will be a Bravo own goal. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> we did have uh, one or two questions, I believe. Did we? Um, oh. Uh, N. Slavins, RN, wants to know if we think that Otamendi is our best passing defender. I don't think Otamendi is the best anything defender. <laughs> I would still take Stones in terms of pure passing, not necessarily decision-making. Yep. Um, Stones is by far the better passer. Yeah. Wade Herman wants to know a couple of questions. Why are we being so short-termist with our expectations of this season, demanding we win the title in Season 1, especially because Pep's system is hard to learn, and with our old squad, one to window was never going to be enough. Surely it's okay to not win this year in order to have a proper Pep team next year and beyond. I'm really glad he asked this one. See, because I've always thought something... that way, so I'll let you go with this. Yeah, I, I, okay, listen, I, I, I'm glad that Wade asked this, okay? Because you see and read a lot of this crap in papers when they say if City don't finish top four, they're going to have a really hard time in the transfer window. Okay, first off, that's bullshit. Manchester City, or Manchester United, excuse me, did not finish in the top four. They're in Europa League, okay? They got Paul Pogba, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Henrik Mkhitaryan, okay? They, so, they also signed Angel Di Maria the year that they won yeah, the Champions League. Yeah, so this, this stupid idea that you can't get anybody if you're not in the Champions League should be tossed out the window. City fans shouldn't worry about that. Now, if you're not worrying about that, this is where we come to the heart of, of, of Wade's point. Wade is absolutely correct. This was never going to take one window. Any sane, logical person should have seen that. Uh, you know, I think people thought that this team would have an identity by now, and that's fair. But this team was never going to be a world beater in year one. It is perfectly reasonable that this team should take a couple years to learn. That's why Pep's even said maybe longer than three years, because I think he realized what type of project he has. It absolutely is okay to not win this year. And I will even go as far as to say that if City don't finish in the top four, I actually think that could end up being a blessing in disguise. Simply because the teams that have not finished in the top four the year prior, look at Chelsea, didn't, didn't, don't have to play Champions League this year because they bottomed out last year. And look how well they're doing. And it didn't hurt them in the transfer window either. Nope. They did worse than Manchester United, and it didn't hurt them in the transfer window. It didn't hurt them getting the coach that they wanted. 
Um, so I, I, I think that Pep's got a plan. It, it is a plan that is going to take time, and it is absolutely okay if you are one of those people who looks at fans who want it all right now and says, "I think you guys are getting a bit ahead of your ahead of yourselves here." I absolutely do feel like that's fine to say to somebody because this team was never going to be what some thought it was as soon as they thought it would be. I would not, I would, I obviously don't want to miss the Champions League, but your point, and I, I know you I don't want to miss I, it I either. You don't either. I just want, I was going to put that out there. I know that you don't actually think that would be the optimal outcome, but yeah, that has helped teams in the past and it's, it would be making the best of a bad situation, but it, it sure. might actually help them. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that it would be perfectly fine. I don't really expect to win anything this year at this point. Um, Actually, it Pep Guardiola could end up winning. You know, they're still yeah. in. It would be it would be nice if they got a bunch of easy draws in the FA Cup and just yeah. made their way to that. That would be great. But I'm not sitting here. Are they still in the Capital One Cup? No, that they got yeah. knocked out by knocked United. Out. Yeah. yeah. Who knocked them out United. of that? That was United. Yep, that's right. I forgot about that. A one. long yeah. time Marcus ago, Rashford, it seems like right? now. <laughs> it was Marcus Rashford, I believe. It yeah. seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Yep. I forgot about that. Um, anyway. <laughs> Last question. I know you answered this. Christo Hatting wants to know, Green Bay or Atlanta versus the Steelers in the Super Bowl? I'll let you answer first. First of all, the Patriots are going to beat Pittsburgh. Sorry to say. Second of all, as much as it, I hate to say this, Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay. Look, I, I don't Matt, trust the I, Falcons in big games. Nope. I don't trust Matt Ryan in anything that is and big game. Unfortunately, I trust Aaron Rodgers because he's an eh. Aaron Rodgers. I hate the Packers. I hate. I hate the Packers so much. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback currently playing in the NFL, not named Tom Brady. And I know that there are some who believe he is better than Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers. Has I thought you one were going to go there for a second. <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers has one ring. Tom the God has four, and possibly working on a fifth, and has been to six Super Bowls. So, talk to me when you get there, Aaron. But. I uh, I also agree. I think that 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 New England is going to beat the Steelers. Um, New England has a rushing attack that is just ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime you have Tom Brady, look, Ben Roethlisberger is a tremendous quarterback, but I I just the game will be at New England, and I think that tends to benefit the Patriots in the way that they're playing this year. I I, I just this isn't this isn't your same Steelers team. I think that the Patriots will be able to find a way to exploit them on defense, and ultimately, you and I both circle around on the Falcons for the exact same reason. Matt Ryan has never shown an ability to win in a big game. Yep. So, but if Matt Ryan suddenly decides to show that ability, then the Falcons could run the Packers out of the building. Oh, they could. They they I, they surprised me against Seattle. I thought that would be a closer game. But I didn't. I think Seattle's nearing the end of their. Don't tell Pete. Uh, I, Pete I've seen this. Never before. admit it. <laughs> I've seen this before with Pete though at USC, and I think that he's probably about ready to move on from Seattle because he knows. Interesting. So. 
Uh, a bit of a foot, a bit of a hand egg, American football tidbit for for our American listeners. On that note, Josh, thank you. Thank you very As much. Ever, hopefully, I will not have to rant again, and it will just be a rather pedestrian, or a win, or just a rather pedestrian loss next week when we come back to talk about the Spurs game. Thanks for listening. Um, if you do not follow us on Twitter, you can at America Citizens. And if you do not subscribe to us on iTunes, you can by going to iTunes and subscribing to us. Um, Till next time. Uh, My name is Gray. For Josh, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the game.